you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. The Around the NFL podcast wants to go to Disneyland with Bruce Arians. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hanses, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Not sure what that was about. Yeah, maybe we're a year late on going to Disneyland with Bruce. Bruce, he's got some things to work out. Shouldn't have any making any trips. I know Sid, she loves Disneyland. We're all excited about Disneyland. Greg went to Disneyland recently. Hey, but Bruce, <laughs> stay in the Cardinals facility. Figure this situation out. Especially on a short week. He's not really going to have time to go. Sydney, you said you spent the whole weekend there two weekends ago, which is somewhat troubling. Were you back there last weekend? Uh, don't say yes. Don't you're going to yes. be shocked, but uh, yes, I was. Wow. Well, well, can I? I don't want to. I know we have a lot to get to, but yeah. what is the continual appeal? Is there? Is it a ride you must attend over and over, or is it like a certain snack bar that has you hooked? <laughs> no. Uh, last well, two weeks ago, I had some friends in town from Utah, and then last week it was mostly out of boredom. I'm not going to lie to you. Mark. I had nothing else going on, so I was like, eh. you got the pass. Disneyland. So you're just that's like, a, that's, a, pa- that's well. a passable explanation. <laughs> this is that old adage. Uh, don't. Ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. Yeah. Don't, don't peek behind the kimono. <laughs> I thought you just liked to hang out with cartoon mascots. Uh, there, there wasn't a whole lot of that. <laughs> oh. I um, I heard a nice cor- some good cor- corporal term. We have to go up the steps uh, to get to the second floor uh, to get to the podcast studio, and then all the corpo shadowy league figures are mostly upstairs on the third floor. Yeah. They've never heard the show before. Um, but I heard a guy say, listen, man, we got to sit Mike down and have a – Honest discussion. Wait, is that that's really not that's corporate. not corporate? Word. Well, it no. does imply that most of their conversations are not imbued with honesty. Yeah, and also honest discussion. That that is corpo jargon for we might have to can this bro in a big spot. Are you sure that you uh, did you use the correct name there? So just anyone, any listener no, that named? Was not, the, okay, it was not actually Mike. Okay, say a lot of mics in the building suddenly feeling concerned. There are like 75 whites named Mike in this building. Right? It's, so. That's accurate. Uh, yes, this is the <laughs> Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored, of course, and brought to you by Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. <laughs> and, uh, Mark, Mr. F brought us some tasty sandwiches today. Really, he is not uh, not fulfilling his part of the deal. This is all working out. Uh, I mean, I want to say one thing about him. When you go, and I don't know why only 50 people are following, uh, you know, teacher Mike Flame on Twitter. Get, get with it. But when you go to his Twitter page. Who? Mr. F. Mr. F on his Twitter page, it's a, the, the large image above your uh, icon okay. is, is a country road, you know, surrounded by mist with him walking down in a backpack. I like this guy. That sounds like you. Country road with mist. That's your dream, to just wander away into a country. Why are we here? Get to the Hague. Why don't we just do the show from the Hague? So we, I do, we do want to say thanks to the, eco- the entire economics class if they're listening, because it was a delicious sandwich and some ginger ale. 
and some fries. It was great. And These me, guys get sponsorship. Yeah, and let me just say something. Are you listening, dicks? This nice little back and forth, this rapport that we're having, this cool drop that we have for Mr. Flame. Mr. This could have been yours, dick. All right. By the way, only Mark out of us follows Mr. F, so I'm going to right now. That's a bad job. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I've asked listeners to follow him, and none of you guys are. Well, you have to be a worthy I didn't realize. We didn't know. I don't just follow willy-nilly, so I'll check in on his account and see if he's a worthy follow. Your information is incorrect. I am following him. Nice. All right. Get on board. Okay. Here we go. Mike Flam 1, by the way. Flame 1. Today's show, we're going to recap the Monday Night Football game between the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants. Uh, we will continue our team of ATL conversation, see if we're any closer or, or perhaps finally uh, we're reaching the finish line to choose the team of ATL. Uh, we will then check in. Uh, we had our power poll uh, in the uh, before the season started. We released our first power poll. And now we're going to check in. We did another round of voting for our power poll. We're going to do the quarter poll power poll. And let me say something about this. And you got, we got a miss of an email. Hey, quarter poll, and I got some tweets too, is a racing term. Uh, in horse racing, quarter poll means it's three quarters of the race. Well, deal with it. I'm calling quarter poll anyway. Do you yeah. know what a poll is? It's a mark. You can move it anywhere you want. In our situation, we use it at the quarter poll. The first quarter pool. Horse racing can have the three-quarter pool. That's we don't theirs. have to follow their rules. We don't have to follow the rules of a dead sport. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, I mean. Uh, why do we always have to go there? This isn't 1933. I don't Who think cares that, about horse racing? Right. Horse racing is not, you know, commanding the lexicon of sports journalism right now. Um, okay. Well, let's leave it there. Yeah. So the quarter pole power poll. Greg has been trying to turn off a television <laughs> that is doubling our voice, and he just put the volume up like a 73-year-old dad. <laughs> you got it now, though. I turned on another one by mistake. I was trying to help you out. I know. 73-year-old Thanks, dad. Thanks, Greg. No, no grandchildren was, for that guy. He's was, just a dad. It was kind of cute watching you scramble there, Greg. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, and then we will uh, talk about a banger. Uh, that uh, Mr. Sessler wrote on uh, Bill Belichick and his correspondence with Bill uh, back uh, in the day. So we'll dig into Mark's big um, home run long form in our sidelines piece, the Belichick letters. We'll talk about that. That's exciting. And then we'll touch on the Thursday night game. Not going to spend too much time there. But uh, that's it. That's what's going on with the show today. Uh, But let's start by talking about the last game of week four. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Monday night football from U.S. Bank Stadium, my favorite stadium in the NFL. Haven't been there yet. Hopefully, God willing, uh, in you know two years from now when the Super Bowl's there, we'll be there all as a group. Uh, but until then, all I can do is enjoy this place on television. And uh, it, it is an amazing facility and a great uh atmosphere for football and the Minnesota Vikings are doing their part to make the fans happy because once again the Vikings defense showed that it is for real it is a a unit that can stifle all the best quarterbacks in the league including Eli Manning who became the latest uh, high profile quarterback to struggle against Minnesota's defense his big three wide receiver tandem shut down including Odell Beckham Uh, Minnesota jumped out to a two touchdown lead uh, the Giants got back into it uh, in the second half, but then the Minnesota Vikings salted away with a final score. Uh, the final uh, tally was 24-10. to Vikings over Giants. The Giants fall to 2-2. Two and, two. and Mark Sessler, your nominee for the team of ATL. The Minnesota Vikings now undefeated at 4-0. Team of ATL. Uh, the Vikings, to me... Uh, and I realize the kind of football they play uh, is a little countercultural. To what the what the, well what the Another NFL culture. well what the NFL they have sideburns and well no what the NFL would like to promote which is high scoring games and madness and a lot of you know acrobatics through the air this reminds me this team I'm not sure how far how far they'll go or what will happen to them uh, they're not a perfect team but they remind me a lot of going back to the day when we first started watching football 
the team, the Bears Who's team, way? like Wes and I would say, you go back to right. the 80s, the early 80s, where the 84 Bears, the year before they become the 85 Bears, and the 85 Giants before they became the 86 Giants, where you see the DNA forming of a great defense and a dominating defense. And we talked in the offseason about this being a Super Bowl-level defense with a top-five coach. And those two things have come to pass already in Week 4. Will it stick? I don't know, but they keep passing the test over and over. What they did to New York's receiving crew last night is notable. They are second in the NFL in sacks to the Broncos. Limbaugh Joseph... Despite none last night. Despite none last night. Limbaugh Joseph shuts down the trenches in the running game. And they are... Big, athletic, and rangy at linebacker in the defensive backfield, taking away the intermediate and deep plays, and they really limit you to plays around the line of scrimmage. Well, to me, they have been building this defense really for a few years now, and they're here. To me, they've they've arrived. The rest of the team, maybe it'll take them till next year to catch up. But you said it with Joseph; they got six guys in the box on third and one. And they say, okay, try to run on us on a running down. We're just going to leave six guys here and let our big athletes do all sorts of crazy stuff on the perimeter and confuse you. Try to run on us. No, you're going to get a three-yard loss, Giants, and you're going to go for it on fourth down. You're not going to get that either. They, they have such an amazing defense, and Xavier Rhodes makes such a huge difference. What he, a jump. He came back in week three. Here's a guy who was our making the leap a few years ago. Took him a little extra, but he's great. He shut down Kelvin Benjamin when he was matched up against him last week, and he really shut down Odo Beckham last night. Two, two points there again about their defense. Number one, yes, they had no sacks, but that's because Eli Manning was firing the ball into the turf the moment someone got in his perimeter. I'd never seen Eli look more spooked. I don't know if it was between the, the loudness of the crowd and just the, the ferocity of that defense, but Eli did not look at all comfortable. And yeah, the other big storyline in this game was that Odell Beckham was completely neutralized by Rhodes and again lost his cool. It was a little bit of a suspect flag, but he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt anymore. And, you know, you could take – if you take Odell out of that uh, passing attack, what you know, they have some nice players left, but he is the key to that offense. We've seen that for two years. This was his worst game. The, he had a short drop, the taunting penalty – uh, didn't get open, and then on the interception, there was a miscommunication with Eli Manning, too. And it was the lowest output of his career. Right, and not, and it's not just the statistical side. It's that this defense, it almost the way you watch college football, a good team wipes out the team, the opponent's best player, and it changes the complete complexion of the game. And they hit it. I mean, Anthony Barr oh, had, yeah. had a hit on, who was it? Who was the, it was the a New York Larry Donnell. It was insane. I mean, Daniil Hunter, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, these guys are just athletes. And I I love watching this team play because they're a complete team and they're a reminder of complementary football. They have a formula. Every game they get a special teams play. I know it's not Blair Walsh playing well, but every team they get a contribution from their punting uh, returns or or Corderell Patterson's playing well. Yeah. And they get Sam Bradford to deliver some nice balls on third down. He's not the best quarterback in the league, but considering he doesn't have much of an offensive line, he's playing very well. Well, and Sam Bradford, you know, West did an excellent job writing this game up last night, but you talked about Sam Bradford, and we've never seen him on a team with this many parts around him. Uh, so it's a completely different situation for that quarterback. But you'd still expect with the Sam Bradford that we've known for so long to come in and deflate the operation <laughs> somehow, that he would take away from all the parts around him. And that is not happening play to play. He makes Sam me Bradford like them more. Perfect. Yeah, he makes me like them more because it's a weird story. It just is, The whole thing is so weird that that makes me like them more, that they're doing it without Teddy and Adrian Peterson. The biggest difference to me and Sam Bradford is he's attacking down the field now on okay. Yeah, yeah he's got the weapons to do it too. And he's not always going to get to face a cornerback like Trevin Wade, who was a complete liability for the Giants last night. But the two deep balls to Charles Johnson, he Another one to Adam Thielen that could have been a pass interference call. These are not throws Sam Bradford was making with the Rams and Eagles. And he's the first quarterback to, I think, really, we've heard about Kyle Rudolph year after year. Kyle Rudolph's going to be Jordan Cameron. He's going to be all these people. He's He is having the season of his career right now. And, and before we move on, the Giants team defense is much better this year. I would say they're average, which is a huge improvement from where they were a year ago. But they are not getting much pass rush out of Olivier Vernon or Jason. They're Pierre last Paul. in the league in sacks. They're not a good pass rushing team, and they spent a lot of money on that. And on a night where Linval Joseph, a guy that they let walk away in free agency, 
is very valuable. Jerry Reese is watching those guys. Those two uh, defensive ends, Vernon and JPP, play more snaps than any defensive ends in the league. So you either got to trust the guys behind them to rotate in. You got to get creative. I don't know what it is. They've been stopping the run, and the secondary has been playing well until this week when they were banged up, but they're not rushing the passer. We should say a little bit about Cordero Patterson. He had the element of surprise in his favor in this game. The Giants were not prepared for him to be their number two receiver and to get endura- to get the bubble screens, the handoff, uh, running routes. I don't know. He still seems like a guy who has to get his touches manufactured to me. He's yeah. going to be around the line of scrimmage. And, and back to Beckham for a second. Good I, returner, though. Great returner. A bad right team now. would have gotten rid of Cordero Patterson and not found a way but, to use him at all by now. A potential Pro Bowl returner. He's a great returner right now. And, sure. ba- and back to Beckham. This feels like a thing now with him. It really does to the point where, listen, he he's the numbers are still okay. They're representative, at least in catches and yardage. But he has no touchdowns. Every week where the shots on the sideline where he has his own teammates trying to talk to him. Uh, I, I think he's starting to – the emotion the emotions that, he are, that he's showing, he seems to be maybe psyching himself out a little bit at this point. I'd like to see the old Odell who could not be covered. And I know Xavier Rhodes is a great corner on the rise, but – there was a time in those first couple seasons where Odell just – it doesn't matter who was out there. He's going to get his yardage. So it was kind of telling to me to see him get kind of taken out of the equation there. That's something to watch. Well, that's on Eli too, and it's on their play caller. You, you're playing in Minnesota where Randy Moss used to tell his quarterback, throw me the damn ball. These guys can't jump with me. Sometimes you just yeah. have to throw it up and let the guy make a play. Is that your Randy Moss? Yeah. That was hey, good. Oh, these guys can't jump with me. That was, I don't know that what was y'all quite think. good. A lot of y'alls when you, you watch Randy similar, Moss on ESPN. Like a uh, voice to Randy a Moss. Draw. Yeah, well, he's from West similar. Virginia, which is a cousin to Ohio. I want to say one thing. I like Dan. Dan is on the Minnesota Vikings stadium beat. Yeah. And I've killed domes, and I'll tell you why. Because on television, which is where we're watching most of these games, now we're not there. It's it's tempered. The sound is tempered on these domes, and even the Falcons had a pumping crowd noise, which is ridiculous, well, beyond ridiculous. To. That's true. They didn't have to. But this stadium, listening to that game last night, total unleashed, raucous, unhinged chaos, sign me up. The old Metrodome was loud, too. I mean, I don't think this is like a new phenomenon, a loud dome, but that that is a special facility. By all it's, accounts, it's the, the sound there, I don't know if they engineered it or what, is, is special. It's loud. All right, let's move on, folks. Yes, Dick Banks, the one-man house band, said it well. This is a very special honor, and that's why we're making sure we're getting it right. We have narrowed it down. Uh, the the most recent nominees, the Raiders, Vikings, Eagles, and Cardinals, and uh, we're coming off a week for And by the way, Mark, just I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but the other reason why in a lot of ways you're seeing the Vikings is counterculture. Sure. Ravi Shankar's ghost is playing the sitar on the sideline. I've seen, I saw it three times. That would do it. That would take the countercultural angle over the edge. You Absolutely. Know, that would do it. So here we go now. The Vikings are, uh, in a lot of ways, looking like the favorite right now. 4-0, a fun, exciting team to watch. Uh, maybe not a, a high-octane team, but uh, one thing, we were just talking about that stadium. I think that's in their favor, too. What a fun atmosphere it is for those home games, at least these first couple primetime games. Uh, so the Vikings 4-0. The Raiders, uh, like we said, now 3-1, and one, looking uh, very exciting uh, in terms of offense and stealing these games in the end. That's kind of what I like in an ATL team, a, a team of ATL that kind of keep you guessing, get, get you excited, play an excited brand of ball. And, of course, Lady, uh, Lady Gaga, excuse me, Lil Debbie. <laughs> Whoa. Think that will upset Lil Debbie? Well, Lady Gaga's an I don't think Lil Debbie wants to be compared to anyone. Yeah, she is her own person. Singular. That's true. The Eagles on a bye. And, Greg, where are you on that? Were you? Did you think the bye, the bye is bad timing as we try to figure out a team of ATL, or did you like the people marinating on that 3-0 start? Well, nothing can go wrong when you're on a bye. 
That's I feel like the Eagles have been 3-0 and for 100 years. <laughs> that, that's true. And then, uh, Wes, you uh, went to the Cardinals uh, from the Titans, and then they laid another egg, and you're ready to say goodbye to the Cardinals now. Goodbye to all the teams. Mm. All right. Take <laughs> us through. That's, we'll start right there. Let's start right there. Chris Wessling, uh, you are still there's not a team that's jumping out to you. Uh, is that yes? Is that a correct or incorrect statement? There are no teams jumping out mm. to me. Certainly not any teams that would be eligible for team of ATL, as in not a contender, not an, a perennial powerhouse. Those are the fun teams to watch to me. But It could no. be a contender, certainly, right? We picked the Cardinals last year. The Raiders fail on a very specific point. When I turn on Ravens Raiders, I find myself organically rooting for the Ravens hard in that game. <laughs> well, that's a problem. <laughs> and Why? it's not nothing against the Raiders. I just find the Ravens to be a more fun team to watch, and I'm more interested in the storylines and the players on their team. So when I turned it on, I was just like, oh, yeah, the Ravens are fun to watch. I hope they win this game. That's Steve an Smith. issue. The Vikings fail on many levels for me. They're, this wasn't the case when Mark chose them, but they're a 4-0 frontrunner now. They are not that fun for me to watch. I don't look forward to watching them on Game Pass. And their fan base is insufferable and <laughs> so insecure as a collection of human beings that they uh, will whoa. that they will not they will feel the biggest slight if they're not chosen team of ATL. Now, just by a little isn't, by, isn't every fan base kinda have has that pocket of just I don't, they're gonna complain or whatever. I don't remember a collection of people for one team under one uniform taking personal insults and directing them towards this podcast, so I can't say that. By by way of context, last year <laughs> we were down on the Vikings at points of the season and uh I guess there's a Viking subreddit that took issue with the team. And I, I for one Listen, part of the, part of this job is you're going to get a lot of criticism both on Twitter and and in subreddits. Everyone's felt the burn. You just kind of, I become kind of numb to it, so I kind of say whatever. There's every fan base is going to have uh, bad apples that are just going to be jerks for no reason. Well, I, I get that, and I had almost a, this exact conversation with the Paramore last night when you the Paramore when you get attacked. The alternative rock band? No. <laughs> when Who you get off there? your lady friend. <laughs> Thank you. Criticism comes with the job. That's fine. It's not. Why do we have to accept insults and personal attacks, though? That's very. That's a very fair point. That's a major difference to me. The studio audience get arriving a little late. Yeah. They, Let's get them know. in the doors and seated before the segment starts going forward. Forward, Sid. Yeah, mm. sure thing. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I understand where Wes is coming from, and I think the key to this process is it needs to be organic that it needs to be a natural team we can all get behind. And if that happens, that would be beautiful. And if it doesn't happen anytime soon or not at all this season, you know, so be it. But I am speaking from the heart here that when I watched that Panthers-Vikings game, I that was the most exciting 40 minutes of football, the final 40 minutes of that game that I've seen from any team all year because I was so surprised by it, just how dominant the Vikings were. And I love the storyline of that they're doing it without their quarterback and their running back. And it was really hammered home last night because on paper that was not a especially enjoyable game. But I, I really liked watching it because I was rooting for the Vikings. And I just – I like the whole vibe. I like Zimmer. I like the defense. And to me, I just threw the Eagles out last year, last week kind of just to throw another team out because I do like the Eagles too. But the Vikings – I'm all on board with the Vikings. I'm, I'm putting my support behind – the Vikings, because the heart wants what the heart wants. It, it, it is a genuine feeling. I like watching this team. They remind me a little bit of our original team of ATL, the Carolina Panthers, 2013. I, I, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I'll, I'll echo everything you just said, Greg, because that's a lot of the reasons why I am on the, the Vikings train uh, 100%. But I, I would say from another angle that when this came about, we didn't even know what to call it at first. It was just that you, you, Wes and Greg specifically really fell hard for the Panthers, and that's that organic moment where there's no turning back. That's how I feel about the Vikings, but you can't manufacture right. it from all four of us, and I don't think we want to try to make that happen in any way, and so we've got to come. We don't want it to tear the podcast apart and all of us go down and just write <laughs> blogs for the rest of our life either. So I think we, at this point, like, we can find a sensible solution. I don't think we're there Here, this week. Let's throw this out there. I love the Raiders, this team, um, but I will 
uh, I'm hearing what's going on in this room, and I'm looking. I sent out a poll on around the NFL, uh, a Twitter poll, who should be the team of ATL. Over 6,000 votes, 44% say the Vikings. Um, our subreddit, our around the NFL subreddit, which has over 3,000 people on it, and uh, everybody should check that out. They voted in favor of the Raiders, uh, but I am kind of in the same place where I could definitely get behind the Vikings, and which is not to put on pressure on West because I think West has to – if it's a couple more weeks, maybe, Wes, where you need to watch a couple more games and see if you can get in, uh, and if you can't, no hard feelings. We just won't have a team. But I would be willing to go with the Vikings as well. Just a question. I noticed that I received zero um, uh, <laughs> clapping feedback from the audience after my comments, which is fine. That, I, don't fine know. Sydney. I don't know anything about that. That's a studio audience. We pay them $20. I'm not to trying to control lunch. studio audiences, so yeah, I understand. It's a dead silence. Man, tough room. <laughs> wow. All right, Wes, where are you, where are you, what are you thinking right now? Uh, We're in the trust tree right now. Yeah, I don't like the Vikings. That's where. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. Part, part of me. Problem thinks, here. You know, someone said something that, that uh, Kevin Patrick tweeted something that, you know, struck me as somewhat true. That kind of the fun of it is trying to find the team itself. The chase of it all. So if the chase doesn't end, so be it. Hey, here's the reality. I'm going to root for the Vikings. I'm going to root for the Eagles. I'm going to root for the Buccaneers, even though no one likes them. You're going to like the teams you like. I, I don't think yeah. you should root for the Buccaneers, though. No, That's I'm not, not giving up on them. I will I will uh, meet you guys in the middle. I will do some homework. I'll go watch all four Vikings games. Wow. See if my attitude changes, and I'll get back to you. What more could you ask for? You couldn't ask for anything more. And that's the that's a type of attitude that makes Chris Wessling what they call in your culture, Greg, a mensch. An Uber mensch. That's I don't know what culture. A supra mensch. Mm. A lot of anti Semitism today between this and the What does that mean? The video. A mensch is an the, absolute where is compliment. Anti Semitism. It's a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> the crowd, what does the crowd have to say about Greg? This crowd is Hey, talk about crowd anti- is wayward and hammered. The crowd's anti Semitic. The crowd is anti Semitic, actually. I I know that for a fact. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, in fact, we don't like that. Uh, send this crowd out of here because we're done with the Team of ATL discussion and we're done with you. Team of ATL. <laughs> All right, so there is the uh, the conclusion there that we have three votes for the Vikings. Wes is going to go back to his think tank, watch their uh, last four games. Uh, they playing, they're playing this week? You're asking me? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're, you're the fanboy. Yes, they the play. Vikings playing this week. They do play this week. Okay. They play the Here Texans, I believe, then they have That's a correct. bye. They play the Texans and then the bye. Mark knows their schedule. There we go. So uh, five games for Wes to uh, dig through and be a scientist on, and then we'll let you know. Uh, and who knows? Maybe someone magically appears, another team appears, uh, but we seem to be narrowing things down now. We'll see what happens. So the Raiders are out. I, I, you know what? No, in converse, I'll go watch Raiders games. Ooh. Yeah, to me, no team. Why, why do we have to knock out, out team? No, no. Until you I, choose listen, a team, you don't. It's, you know. a, it's like a, a, a captain of a ship just trying to bring this thing back to port. And I, I'm, I like the Vikings. Greg likes the Vikings. You like the Vikings. Uh, and Wes has an open mind on the Vikings. Uh, I, I'm willing to say goodbye to the Raiders. If, if Greg feels more strongly about the Vikings and you feel more strongly about the Vikings and Wes, the Raiders, don't really do much for him, well, then – and then I'm, I, I, I got to go against Deb. That's right. I do like that both teams represent sort of seafaring, hostile warrior types, which is attractive. Mm. I like that. That's a good point. <laughs> Let's not close the door on the, the Raiders. Maybe they, they really blow the doors off everybody uh, this week. But, uh, yeah. By the way, Buccaneers, a third seafaring, chaotic right. tribe. So it's a very – Right. They might be coming weird back. Who knows? That's how you sell me on – the Vikings as a team of ATL <laughs> with a nod to their history as seafaring warriors. I mean, there who knows? Go. Tom Brady's coming back this week. Maybe that puts Patriots the Patriots in contention. I'm a, I would vote for them right now. Oh, I, uh, that. thank you for even saying that because I get to do a very loud veto, pound the table. Never will it ever happen. We have two votes for the Patriots. Wow. And that's all you'll ever get. Well, I don't know. Mark. Or maybe you get a third vote, but Let's you'll see. never get a fourth. Mark's a big Belichick fan. He just wrote a love letter to him. Go ahead, Mark, and do it too, but I'll never vote yes. It's possible. It would almost – talk about co- counterculture. Choosing the Patriots would r- yeah. be the truly surprising move that we could do. Yeah, the mass populace can get behind that. <laughs> yeah. like, wait, why are downloads down one million? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, let's talk power poll, folks. Uh, the 
First power poll of the season. Let me bring this up. We wrote about an article on this, right? Uh, well, it was due about an hour ago. And no, I will the not first be, one. Okay. Yeah, the one for tomorrow will be published a day late by me. Okay, September 2nd, 2016. Uh, Greg Rosenthal wrote a banger. A, no, not a banger. It wasn't a good one? Okay. It's like <laughs> I missed this one. We so. needed to just get it up, and that's what she said. The Seahawks. Oh. Okay. The Seahawks topped the uh, around the NFL uh, power poll. We had a top five that we called our title contenders. Seahawks, Patriots, Cardinals, Panthers, Packers. And I'll just share the top ten with you guys. The Pittsburgh Steelers were at six, followed by the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Broncos, and mm. the Raiders. That was the top ten. And then I'll just look at the bottom five here. Uh, the bottom five were the Lions, Rams, Bears, Browns, and 49ers. So that's where we stood before the first game of the season. And now uh, what we did was each of us uh, did a ranking one to 32 and then our satellite heroes, Kevin Patra, um, who offered some salty context with his uh, 1 through 32. That's correct. What was, Mark, if you could, could you bring up what uh, Patra labeled his first group of teams? Uh, it would be I'd, – I'd have to, like, stop the show to go find the email, okay, but I can, I can put it into context for you because I was you – know, right, right. I think I could give you the exact wording. Okay. Please do. Well, it, it was classic Patra is what I like to call it. <laughs> no, I, I found it. I got it. This is obnoxious. Have a tea party. That's Patra. That's his first category of the good players, of the good team. Right. That's that's your Well, he starts group, out upbeat. <laughs> group of elite teams, you know. Anyway, so, okay. So now after four games, the four of us did a new one through 32. Uh, Kevin Patra, uh, Connor Orr in his Haunted Mansion, which we'll get to his one through 32. And then, of course, the great... Colleen Wolf, Connie Fox, she chimed in. So all told, that's seven um, heroes and satellite heroes that all did a power rankings. And this is what our new list, what we came up with as uh, our updated power poll, um, five through one. Here we go. Steelers at five, Vikings at four, mm. Seahawks at three, Broncos at two, and Patriots at one. Uh, so, Interesting. so there you go. The Patriots jump uh, to number one. The Seahawks were our number one team. They dropped to three. Uh, but Patriots, Broncos, Seahawks, Vikings, Steelers are top five. Um, anything surprising there? Yeah, that's to me. I, I'm a big Patriots fan. It seems silly to me to rank the Patriots above the Broncos. Well, I, I, I know we're we're projecting Tom Brady or something. Why is that silly? Because I think the Broncos have been fantastic. Their defense is better than ever, and they're a more complete team. But the Patriots haven't had two of the top five best players in the NFL. That's fine. But the Broncos can't do anything more than they've done. They are fifth in the league in yards per attempt passing. They they are a top five in the league in scoring. They have one of the best defenses of all time. To me, it's just like, what more do you need to do? They've been to, great. To settle you down just a little bit, Greg, you know, looking at the overall, outside of Connor, who went completely off-grid on this, three people picked the Patriots, number one. Three picked the Broncos. Got it. The issue is that a few people had the Broncos down at three. Nobody had. Yeah, I guess it, it evened out. It's, it just was a slight weighted it's advantage. It's not crazy. The You're right. It's not crazy. You, yeah, I would it's pick. It's a surprise. If this was who's the best team after four weeks, maybe the Broncos would be the runaway number one. But when I, the way I understood a power pull is who's going to be there at the end of the year. Yeah, I think you – yeah, there's Same. different ways to look at it. And I, I think the Patriots, you know, laid a stinker in week four, I think, which maybe sticks in people's minds a little bit. But 3-0 and where they were easily winning uh, with backup quarterbacks and without, without sure. close to 100%. I, and I just think when you now when you're adding in Tom Brady, the best quarterback in the league, well, until he starts his hashtag no, I get decline, it. then then things just get better. And maybe Gronk. You know, I look at it like the Gronk. Broncos are starting Trevor Simeon the whole time, though. That's there's no different. You know, it's not like they should be. So there's a ceiling at that position where where New England's ceiling is about to get a lot higher. But I know and I know the Broncos have an incredible defense, but you're really going to say that Tom Brady and the Patriots with Bill Belichick should be behind Trevor Simeon and Gary Kubiak and the Broncos. Well, I think the, I the Broncos have a have, their ceiling this year is higher than it was last year and they were the world champions last year. But again, so across the board most people are agreeing with yeah. what you're saying. They so. were the world champions last year and they narrowly made the playoffs. 
Uh, here is uh, yeah, but they won twelve games. I mean, they won the same amount of games as literally every team in the league, except for except for the. Well, if they yeah. don't win that Bengals game, which could have gone either way, they were they were in trouble. That's how it happens. Uh, here is the updated. Uh, let's see where we're on here. This is confusing. It's too many lists. What do you want to? You have something. I have the real oh, list right here. Excellent. Yes, Thank you, then. Mark. Uh, so yeah, we had the Vikings at four, the Steelers at five, and then here's six through ten. The Eagles undefeated, maybe hurt by that bye week once again. Greg, that bye week really doing a number on your nominee. I had them lower than that. Uh, the Packers at seven, which hmm, that's some respect for the Packers. Eight, number eight, the Falcons. How about that? Where were they on the preseason power poll, Greg? They were buried deep in the twenty twenty one. That's got to be one of the first big surprises. They were in the if they were in the if everything breaks right category, and really no one else in that category other than the Eagles, who were twenty sixth on our. I don't really time. care much for your categories. I prefer Patras. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you have the Falcons, Wes? I had the Falcons eighth. So you're you're buying in. Uh, I had them at seven, so I'm buying in on them a little bit here. What about you, Mark? Ninth. Ninth, and where did you have them? Yeah, right in that range. I think there was a big Greg had them at drop eighth. off. Greg had them at eighth. So. I think there's a drop off too after the Falcons. There wasn't a close ninth to me. Mm. I, at, the Falcons are a flawed team, giving up 30 points a game, but they have something that's undeniable, which is right now the best offense in football. The, Play Denver on Sunday. The top 10 closes out with the Cowboys at number nine, who are on a three game winning streak. I like that. I think they deserve a top 10 spot. Uh, and then you have the Bengals at 10. Uh, Wes, where did you have Cincinnati? I had them at 11. Okay, I had them at 13. What about you, Mark? The Bengals, I had them at 13. All right. Yeah, same range, 12. They haven't really played great, but it's like which teams below do you really want to move up up above those? Here is is now, let's do 11 through uh, 20. Uh, Raiders, Ravens, Cardinals at 13. Where were they on the preseason poll? They were really high, I believe, number... Three. Well, when you play like uh, dog crap, that's what happens. The Texans at 14, and now without J.J. Watt. And I'm a little surprised they're that high uh, with Watt being out for the year and Osweiler not looking great. Uh, the Panthers at 15, right at the Dalton line for uh, NFL teams right now. A little, But you know what? When you're 1-3, this happens. The, the Rams at 16, uh, the Chiefs at 17. The Giants had a big chance, I think, to jump near the top 10 but did not get it done in Minnesota, so they're at 18. And then the Bills at 19 and the Jets. My Jets at 20. I cannot uh, I cannot uh, defend the Jets as a homer. I have them at 19. I think they're probably not as bad as a 1-3 team, but they're playing terrible right now, so they deserve to be there. Any surprises there? Uh, Mark Sessler. I don't think so because I, I think all, this is just a hodgepodge of kind of, you know, sort of their teams. And lots with many issues. Well, two with, you know, Super Bowl hopes in terms of the Cardinals and the Panthers. Now the Panthers won. Let's uh, let's call it what it is. They're skewed down because of Connor Orr's deep antipathy. Should we for get the, into this a little for bit for Carolina? I, we we took a look at Connor's rankings. They're ranked 28. Yeah, they're wild. Let's bring up Connor's rankings. I think it's important <laughs> to at this point before we finish out the list um, have a better idea where Connor falls. With his picks, which were absolutely wild, some of them. They usually are. Uh, what What do we have, Mark? Do you have them up? Yeah, I do. I mean, all right. Let we'll start with what Greg mentioned. He has the Panthers buried down at number twenty eight. Um, number twenty eight. Twenty eight. Five spots behind the Forty ers Right. He's the got, team that they beat by thirty. A it's, team that went uh, had seventeen wins last year have not lost like anybody with a season-ending injury, a team that's just in a funk a little bit, one of the worst teams in football. Well, and so so if he's down him down to 28, what there's got to be other madness, and there is. He's got the 49ers at 23, uh, which no one else came close to that. Everyone has the Niners bottom-feeding. I had them last. Let me go, let's get Connor on the line here to talk about his list a little bit. Hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, Sid, can we get Connor on the line? Sure thing. While we're efforting, I found where I diverged. I have the Ravens as, a, as the fifth-best team in the NFL. Ooh. I have them at eight but a lot of people had them lower. Connor, are you there? Yeah, I mean, I've been on for like 20 minutes waiting for you guys. <laughs> you called me in the middle of a nap. Connor. What's going on? <laughs> well, You're taking naps that. at 6 p.m.? I love it. He's an oh, interesting yeah. man. Connor, or are you kidding me with this list? I mean, you know, how do you define power? I see uh, 
<laughs> I, I see power as, you know, uh, maybe Cam Newton can't uh, run the ball anymore. Maybe Derek Anderson's going to be the quarterback. And if uh, if that's the case, then that team sucks, you know. Well, so I, I <laughs> let me just put him down there. Can I, can I ask a question? How much of the Carolina ranking here near the bottom of the entire league has to do with your unending holy war with desk editor David Ely? You know, I've a huge Panthers fan. I've, I've come together with Dave on this. I actually told him uh, that uh, Kelvin Benjamin, I like him a lot, so I feel like that was sort of me bridging the gap um, <laughs> and, and doing some good stuff for my future at the company. But, Didn't seem um, like you were bridging the gap during the Panthers' uh, loss last Sunday during the game to Atlanta. Oh. <laughs> I had Julio Jones on my fantasy team, and I think I had a beer at that point. So that was, uh, you know. We're gonna get a little fired up, you know. Three hundred points—that's uh, you know, or three hundred receiving yards. That's uh, that's some A plus stuff right there. Here's a window into into Connor's mind uh, and his power pull. I want I want you to explain how the Raiders at eighteen are only one spot ahead of the Jaguars at nineteen. What about that Jaguars performance in London really got you fired up? <laughs> they they play better after London, and I predicted this team was going to be a nine win team. I, I think they're going to go on a little run here. You know, I, I expect uh, Jaguars to start pouncing here down the. I get uh, it. I down, get it. Down the stretch. Wait, how much? Uh, I'm again. I'm going to read into the mind of Connor a little bit. How much of seeing the Jaguars in London uh, made you your memory jog back to a nostalgic time, a nostalgic bromance with Mark Sessler? Last year in London with with the Jaguars and you and you liked them more because you were thinking about that as you watched the game. How about that? Uh, I I mean I appreciate the the nickel psychology here, Dan. But you know <laughs> I think uh, you know yeah it was a beautiful time in my life. But at mm. the same time I'm I'm a hardened football guy and these are these are these power poles. This is this is hard football. Stuff, and Connor, yeah. I, you know we you have your fascinations and we are fascinated yeah. by you. I'll say that, but. When I see, uh, you know, and this is a massive juxtaposition to anything anyone else employed at NFL Media puts on paper, you have the 49ers up at 23 <laughs> above a host of teams, and I'm, I'm struggling for, um, beyond your fascination with Chip Kelly, a reason for that. <laughs> I mean, you know. Five spots uh, ahead of the Panthers. Five <laughs> spots. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I think they're going to go on a run, you know, and uh, – <laughs> It's all about That's power. Your new move. So uh, this this poll is all about power, and uh, power is in my hands. <laughs> rank power, and, and that's what I did. True or false, Connor? Your power poll rankings can be bought. Bought uh, with coverage. Bought with nice, you know, conversations. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's totally. some fighting words yeah. there by Greg. Wait, yeah. didn't you yeah. use the phrase well, "settling totally. scores" to describe Connor's evo? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's settling scores. The poor Chargers here at 29. There is there. There's another theory I'm working here that this is Connor used to cover the New York sports teams, the the Jets and Giants. This is kind of like the tabloid reporter in you here too. Just you want to goose the ratings a little bit. This will lead to maybe a TV appearance on uh, SNY or something. Yeah, I mean, it's been my dream to go on Good Morning Football, so hopefully this can happen. Uh, you know, just being ridiculous like that. I'm, I'm trumping it up. I'm making power polls great again. I mean, we got without getting out of here, you're the only one that we just talked about the Patriots and Broncos sweeping everyone's number one spot, mm. except for yours, the Steelers' number one, which I don't entirely think is crazy. I would just like to hear why. Are you kidding me? I, I loved uh, this. This was actually probably one of the few things I took seriously on that power poll. Um, was <laughs> By the way, your results completely, you know, reflect themselves in the ultimate results. Just telling you that. Well, well, it was amazing. I, I was actually glad that my where I put the Panthers, I think, dropped them to the appropriate. You sunk place. them. Uh, <laughs> yes, but I think it dropped them actually to where it, you know. There's a lot of math going on here. It's more than it's more than I'm getting credit for, but. Um, Watching the Steelers was pretty amazing against the Chiefs. Now that Le'Veon Bell is back, I love what they're doing with that slot receiver in the slot. D'Angelo Williams in the backfield. I think this team is going to be unstoppable towards the end of the season. All right. Well, Connor, uh, I think you've defended yourself quite well here. Uh, <laughs> I think you're going to go on a run. See how anyone, I don't see how anyone could have any questions about this now, <laughs> now, now that I've done this. So. I, I'm, I'm saying you answer the questions, whether or not uh, people – have respect in how you answer them. That's up to, to the audience to decide. But thank you for at least, uh, you know, supporting uh, your assertions with some real uh, data and defense. 
It's been uh, it's been real fun, guys. All right. See you later, Connor Orr. Are you kidding me? Um, we got to get we'll get Connor on again. Uh, we got to check in on his Madden franchise. He's a married guy now. Uh, so I don't know if that's still happening. Uh, who knows? We, we just got to keep tabs on Connor in a way. Yeah. I oh, yeah. That's kind of important. Has he yeah. gotten through Citizen Kane yet? Wasn't that next then? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish he was still on the line. We'd ask him how that was going. Uh, but all right. All right. Now, here is now the uh, 21 through uh, 32. Uh, again, this is the average of all of our. Is that the right? Yeah. Term? Thanks. Uh, or is it the mean? No, it's the average, Dan. Okay. It's not the mean? It's not. The mean would be Wes picked something up here. Mark picked something way down here, and the mean would be, I believe, that's the median or the mean, right in the middle, I believe. Okay. The average is putting everyone's results together and averaging them. Okay, great. Just Save this Google. for the ink. Mean and average are the same thing. Yeah, mean is the average. How you like See, that? Look at I like them apples. Oh, you Tesla? advertise your your math problems in high school. I I don't say much, but I wasn't far behind you. I lured you into my trap there. All right, Redskins twenty one, Chargers twenty two. Which I like that. This speaks to our um, uh, knowledge of the game. We're not just going to bury them all the way down the list because they're one and three. Because they should be better than that. They've been very competitive. Uh, the Colts at twenty three. The Saints at 24, the Jaguars at 25. Not a bad teams. The Lions at 26, the Bucks at 27, the Titans at 28. I had the Titans at 31. Did anyone else have them that low? No, no you, no, you, you took that prize. Right. They're it was lucky pretty to close. Have I had them pretty close. 30, 29. Uh, the Dolphins at 29, way down here. Whoa, Dolphins at 29. The Bears at 30, and then we had a two-way tie for last place. And I would consider this progress, Mark. Not alone in the cellar. The Browns at 31 tied with the 49ers. I mean, I think it's fair. You're 0-4. the last winless team in the league. You didn't have a meaningless week one shutout over some team on national television. So you are where you belong. I, I, had, games. I had them over four teams. I saw something interesting. If you just look at you know, when teams were trailing in games, in terms of game script and everything, the the Browns were better than 13 teams in the league. and They haven't been blown out. They've been ahead in all these games. They've been competitive games back and forth. They haven't had some stink bombs like a lot of teams have had multiple stink bombs. I completely agree with you, but I have no problem with the sure. group putting them down where they are. I really want, I had them at 30. I really wanted to move them ahead of the Dolphins, who had it at 29. But I do think you know the Dolphins did beat them, maybe didn't deserve it, but I think the Dolphins are a little bit better. But the Browns, they've been competitive. They've been fun to watch. And right? to be fair to Greg, you're right. You had the Titans at 31. You and Dan both. I uh, I look at the the list, the original list. I I look at which teams are we going to be the most wrong about. Yeah, let's see that. I mean, the Chiefs at nine looks a little or eight ahead of the Broncos certainly looks optimistic. We botched the Broncos. Looks we'll see. We'll all... see. You never it know. Looks we own that. We did botch the Broncos. Yeah, we yeah. owned it. Uh, the Rams at 29. Uh, I, I think it's early to say that that's going to be totally wrong, but 29. Finish seven and 29 nine. is low. Yeah. Uh, and then the Eagles, we no one really saw the Eagles uh, coming at 26. Where were you on that? You could have saved them. You could have lifted I had them to the I teams. had them 13th or 14th in winning that division, but that's okay. not enough to goose them up a lot. Okay. All right, there you go. There's the power pole. We'll do another one at the midpoint of the season. And then, I don't know, maybe we'll do another one after that, but it could be the last one at the <laughs> midpoint. We'll do one more at least. Really losing steam. No, it's just like once you get to the third yeah, quarter, it's like what are we doing at that point? Bingo. But it is interesting to check out at the midway point where we are. Let's move. By on. the way, that's oh. why football does not use quarter pool for three quarters of the season because nobody cares by then. Right. We use it for the first quarter because football's a better sport than horse racing, and everybody around the world knows it. Thank it's you. 2016, Thank not 1933. Get out of the depression with your quarter pool. Whoa, let's bring in the fire. Well, horse racing was an inferior sport even in 1933. <laughs> I don't care about popularity. You're talking about a man riding an animal. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Greg Thank you, it. Greg. Right, fair point also, by Greg. Also, you know, hammering horseshoe like metals into their hooves. What a, don't like get me started years, on that. We're going to be like, what are we doing, society? Yeah, like, please. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Dear John. This is a show that Mark and I used to watch in yeah. the late eight, mid to late 80s. Dear John. Oh, yeah. John Larroquette. 
No, not no. Judd Hirsch. <laughs> Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch. And They're the same guy. Judd Hirsch and Jerry Burns, who works out at my gym. Really? Yeah. Um, good Brad, show, actually. Good, guy. good By show. By the way, John Larroquette and Judd Hirsch couldn't be further apart. They're both mostly, you know, forgotten actors of oh, the 90s. Right. By you. You know, and you just <laughs> shot down our landing spots for Bobby April, and you're able to take shots at actors for being out of work. Like, a little bit of hypocritical, don't you think? We wanted to do a NFL Now video where we said landing spots for uh, disgraced special teams. I didn't that Bobby April. That's right. And Greg was like, no, he's got a family. And we're like, all right. I view it as a marketing well, piece for him. Not, this drive-by shooting of John Larroquette and Judd Hirsch, who had very distinguished careers in television. Very unfeeling. They were uh, great. You Greg. put me on the spot. I came up with something <laughs> of how they're similar. <laughs> Anyway, Dear John was a sitcom in the 80s uh, uh, about letter writing or something. No. Anyway, Mark, a <laughs> little bit of He a, got a Dear John letter it, from his wife. Yes, he did, and he had to start over. Uh, that's not exactly what happened with Mark Sessler and Bill Belichick, uh, but Mark did take out the pen and paper in the early 90s and started corresponding with the then Cleveland Browns coach. Uh, and, Mark, you wrote a killer uh, long form, one of the best, uh, if not the best, that we've seen on this website. NFL.com slash Belichick letters is the uh, vanity URL. And can you just tell us a little bit, Mark, about this? Sell it, baby. Tell us about the Belichick letters. Well, I mean, it. I think it's something I mentioned to you guys as far as a year plus ago that I had these letters that um, at a very lost time as a college freshman at Miami of Ohio – you know, I'd followed the Browns since 1986 and went to college as a freshman in 1992 and really only went to Miami of Ohio. This sounds ridiculous to a thinking person, but uh, so that I could be closer to Browns telecast because they didn't, there was no, I had no cable television back then, uh, which sounds equally ridiculous. You only had the Jets and Giants to and The watch Jets and Giants, every, I grew up in the Tri-State area, every, everyone rooted for the Jets and Giants. I was not on that train, so went to college um to be closer to the Browns with the express desire to to work for them. I just like I'm just going to get through college. Everyone talks about college as the best 4 years of your life. Couldn't have seen it differently and uh <laughs> found myself at Miami with 18 credits as a freshman and to make a long story short, got saddled with a Japanese class and something called Trees and Shrubs, which is a study of Ohio-based uh plant life. Trees and Shrubs. Well, who assigned you these? Don't you choose the class? I I you know I don't want to put my parents on blast, but my dad and I both agreed okay. that taking Japanese would be a great business move, and he and I laughed about it many times since. In the horticulture? Well, I don't know. That seemed so easy is, to me. but traitorous horticulture. It was ridiculous. Within a month of both of these classes, I knew that I was heat-seeking Ds and potentially an F, and I flagged Japanese, but that semester, the only upside in the classroom was I took this study, this class called Football Studies by the Miami of Ohio football coach, Randy Walker, and it was fascinating. And it was only for half a credit, and it was only for about an hour a week, but it completely hooked me, and it fed into everything that I wanted to do after school, even though it was one-eighth, one-twentieth of what I was actually doing at school at the time. And as a final project, um, what you were supposed to reach out to a football coach other than Randy Walker and find out about philosophy and how coaching happens and happens and all this stuff. And I had burnt a lot of bridges with my high school coaches back in Connecticut <laughs> because I had written a series of uh, rather scathing uh, articles about the team when I covered them as a senior. So I said, F it, I'm going to swing for the fences and write Bill Belichick four hours away in Cleveland and I sent a letter and it was like literally the only thing going on in my life at the time. I was like, will he possibly write back. And I think two weeks passed or so, and he did. And the envelope, back then, you you know, in a college dorm, you have little tiny mailboxes. And when I opened the mailbox and I pulled this letter out with a Cleveland Browns letterhead on it, I literally nearly just fell to pieces and melted in the middle of my dorm. And then from there, I had enough um, naivety and hubris to write him again and suggest which players he should pick, even though I didn't even watch college football. <laughs> Told him he should take O.J. McDuffie. He would, you, know, I, you know, Belichick was kind enough to write back, and it just changed my impression of him because he was getting killed in the Cleveland press for being, and he was to them, a cranky, he was Belichick. He's what we think of him in the press conferences, but I saw a very different side. And so the point of this article was to find out, did he write them? Did someone else write them? Maybe his admin um, and I don't have a complete answer, but I feel 
that he at least dictated them or the context the context of them to someone else to write them if it wasn't the, him. And, and the long form again, which everybody should read if you haven't read it already, NFL.com slash Belichick letters, uh, that we do have a bit of an update, some breaking news about where you left uh, this piece at the end where you weren't sure, you didn't have any answers, but maybe you're starting to get a, a better picture. Yeah, starting to because Linda Leone was his admin at the time, and I at one point called the complex to try to talk to Bill the day before they won their wild card game in, on New Year's Day 95 against the Patriots, and she was very willing to patch me through, and I freaked out and said, what could I possibly have to say to Bill Belichick? So I just said, I wish him all the best. And she seemed to understand who I was, though. So I remembered that conversation, and I tracked down Linda Leone, who had previously worked for Bill Parcells and now works for Nick Saban in Alabama. And she wrote me a very kind email, but she didn't want to go on record. And I can understand why. I think that's part of probably... How you get yes, that, uh, exactly. career. But she um, today, after I sent her the piece, weeks later after talking to her the first time, she basically said that Bill Belichick had called her up, that he had read it, the piece, and that they Whoa. all she said was that they talked on the phone about that and that time back in Cleveland. So I, you know, they're old friends, and I, I how about that? I don't know. It still leaves me wondering, but I at least you know you know that it's that uh, Belichick has at least seen it, which is awesome. Yeah, about that. and I would love it. I would love it if you know maybe not now. Bill's in the middle of a. Uh, another battle, this being the 2016 season, if one day you get in touch with Belichick, I would love if the Patriots, and they didn't weren't that um, uh, communicative with uh, you on, this, they were not. on the, making this long-form <laughs> shocker uh, throne of sleaze, but if the people at the Patriots would understand where Mark was coming from in this and they read it, that you guys could have a conversation. I would love that if that could happen. Never know. I think it will. I, I think in the offseason he'll reach out. The Belichick part of the story was secondary to me I identified so much and it took me back it transported me to those 1992 to 1995 years and I was exactly like you so wayward directionless and so obsessed with sports that I had no I had no idea what the future would hold other than I'm going to be in sports in some way I just have no idea how yeah and you put off all adult responsibilities. You make the worst decisions. You take classes, skip classes, have no nothing going on in your life because you just are so obsessed with sports, and that's what came through to me. Yeah, that was a huge part of it. I think the Belichick side actually was the B storyline in it too. I mean, it's not the way the NFL is going to obviously correctly sell it a certain way to their audience, but it was really hard to write. Um, I wrote it in a dive bar. It lost and found where where I don't think Greg has been there, but Dan has occupied that space. That's as the first time that anyone's ever done work. At lost and found. <laughs> they were stunned. I was off in the corner for about seven hours, um, you know, with headphones on, writing it in just in a notebook because I didn't want. It was such a different time that I didn't want to sit in some sterile computer and write it. I had to remember and think about it, and they were not really easy times because, as much as you can look at where all your friends are now and things work out okay to the most part. It was a really – I went to three colleges in three years and probably drove my parents absolutely yeah, bonkers. Yeah, what were they thinking? They were – they could were not they have been – They're very supportive. They yeah. always have been. But they were obviously, I think as I would now thinking about my own child doing that, very concerned because I would have these payphone calls with them where I'd say, my goal is to work for the Cleveland Browns. And meanwhile, I've just gotten an F in Japanese and a D in trees and shrubs, and they're wondering what on earth is happening. And – and that all came through. I mean, you're, I think the way you felt back then all comes through. And even though Belichick is sort of a secondary part of it, what you said, Wes, I think that would resonate with a lot of people, how sports can be that, that pillar that for whatever reason you just find yourself obsessed with. Maybe it's, maybe it's to distract you from the realities of that. You're kind of floating Certainly. out there and, and it's cool to read these letters for, you know, people obviously just check it out on the site, Belichick Letters. You know, the letters from Belichick are kind of great. I wanted to read your your letters, too, obviously. It was great that you had pictures. There's a, a car on fire, too. That's all, you know, it's all part of it. it. It was great that you kept all this stuff. And and I I didn't even take, maybe I'm just naive, but I didn't even think that he wouldn't have dictated it because he says it. He says I, He says you can tell... Uh, you know, your fellow students, I do manage to address each and every 
piece of correspondence, at least eventually. Yeah, I kind no. of assume he's just talking and there she's typing it. But it, but uh, but it's cool. It's cool the information that he sent you. I yeah. I've, I've read everything that there is to read about Bill Belichick. Um, I can you know I'm about he's my favorite sports figure I would say of any sport period in sports history. And it's cool. There's sort of like a canon of like the great for me in my own head of like the great things that have been written about Belichick or or anything. And it's it's cool that one of my friends has now written like one of those one of those pieces that that absolutely belongs at the top of it. And it's really more Thank about you. it's really more about you too than than just him. But but he's a it's all cool how it works all together. Twenty to twenty five years later, we understand that it's it's important to have balance and perspective in your life and have many interests but you lose something in that process you lose that obsession a little bit and it took me back there I I really liked the journey that you took us on to go back to a time before you had adult responsibilities and when you could make big mistakes that would send your life careening in many different directions well I definitely thought of I'm not just saying this of, of people like you that had a million jobs that we've talked about and other people that I just remember you know, it's it's funny because there was no Facebook until a certain age in life, and everyone suddenly is married and uh, it seems to have their act together at least online. <laughs> and then, but there was a wide berth of eight to ten years where I was not the only lost, completely mm. drifting individual. There were a lot of them, and that made friendships stronger. And like, it was also painful and amazing all at the same time. And, and it's it's cool because so much of sports writing is all written from the perspective of of a, a sports writer. And and you are a sports writer, but the reality is most people that ex- they they experience sports as a fan. They experience sports in the way that you wrote write this article. Mm. That's true. Make sure you check it out if you haven't read it. If you don't read this article uh, from Mark and you listen to this podcast, we will never forgive you. NFL dot com <laughs> slash Belichick letters. Uh, That's a hammer drop. It's a it's an, a homework assignment. Uh, from uh, the Around the NFL podcast to our readers, you know, you know the pro- podcast is free. We don't we don't ask for much, but read that article. Uh, that is it for today's show. We don't have a Thursday night preview. Uh, if you really want to learn about our thoughts about this game, the Cardinals and and the Forty ers mm. Uh, the big dr- potential Drew Stanton, Blaine Gabbert showdown. Make sure you find on our YouTube channel, the NFL YouTube channel, we have a full preview of the game. Well, should be on uh, Apple TV and whatnot too. And Apple TV. It was a banger. Roku. Maybe my, the power pull back in September, not a banger. This video was a banger. There you go. So <laughs> that's how you can find out our thoughts about that. But then uh, uh, come Thursday, of course, you will have our recap of that game with uh, Wes and Greg and then the all the week five uh, games previewed. So that's the next time you'll hear from us. Uh, so that's it. That's it. Mark, we didn't get a chance to talk about you nailing the uh, firing of Philly's uh, hitting coach, Steve Henderson. Got to get to that tomorrow. Yeah. I have a lot to say. Well, why don't you just say it now? Go ahead. Tell us your thoughts about Steve <laughs> Henderson, the, really? the firing. Yeah, I'm just well, kidding. this, you know, this, when I caught word of this, um, you know, Dan, I'm not a huge – I don't watch a lot of baseball, yeah. but I have a lot of sources inside MLB. And I, I kind of got the Phillies, obviously a struggling team. You want to – let's just start right on paper. This is a hitting coach that directed the 29th uh, attack in terms of hitting, just a disastrous team out of 30 teams, 29th in on-base percentage, 29th in slugging. I mean, right there, the resume speaks for itself. But I think it's also uh, Steve Henderson's – inability to connect with uh, millennials and younger players. That's what I'm hearing is whispers. Now, that's there, some people got to have an axe to grind, but also the team does not hit well. That's an issue. If you don't mind me asking, who do you think on the team stands the most to gain from Henderson being out of the picture? What I, I know you're going to want me to list someone on the current roster, but I'm going to say really the best the best crop of, of players to gain from this are their triple-A, their double-A, their minor huh. players, the players coming up that are going so to the have... The major league instructor. Okay. They're going to have gotcha. better instruction going forward. Phillies fans finally have some hope. Okay. Name one player in the Phillies. Ed Koch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ed Koch third. <laughs> he always wanted to make his dad proud. Yep. Like, you're the mayor while well, I'm in the big leagues. Uh, that's it for uh, Tuesday's edition of the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and La Cid behind the glass till Thursday.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.